When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's one of the nice things about it being a young industry. It is a disruptive industry in the sense that, uh, you know, traditional radio has had to change dramatically because podcasts are out there. This is Tom Fox. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Well, 2022 is the year for you. If you're interested in finding out more about starting a podcast, please give me a shout at tfox at tfoxlaw. I can talk to you about the advantages of being in the Compliance Podcast Network, as well as the production values created by my production partner, One Stone Creative. It's a very affordable experience. It's a way for you to get your name out, build your brand, and most importantly, join one of the most dynamic, disruptive communications strategies there are. So what's holding you back? Give me a shout and let's talk about you creating the podcast you've always wanted. Today, I'm joined by Gordon Firemark, entertainment lawyer who became one of the first podcast lawyers. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Gordon Firemark. Gordon is one of the country's first and probably top lawyers representing podcasters in the podcast world. So I like to catch up with Gordon every once in a while, find out what he's up to and what he's seeing in the market. So, Gordon, first of all, welcome back to the pod. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here. I'm having... I had a good time last time, and I'm looking forward to today. So thanks. So uh, let's start off with the legal side because it gets to wed two of my favorite passions, law yeah. and podcasting. But I yeah. wanted to use that as a way to introduce the question to you is, what, if anything, is new in the legal world for podcasters? In the legal world, I think it's actually pretty stable. You know, I guess that's good news. Um, no, nobody is... Um, is has been disrupting things on the legal end all that much. There's you know the usual um, uh, issues around plagiarism. You know, people there there there've been a glut of podcasts that have been sort of true crime shows or whatever, and basically they're reading from newspaper articles and, and, and accounts, and and then the journalists call them out on it, and they have to apologize and <laughs> those kinds of things. Journalistic integrity, I think, is a is a hot topic in the space. Um, and I think part of that is that many podcasters don't think of themselves as journalists, even when what they're doing is very similar to traditional broadcast journalism in a lot of ways. Um, copyright infringement, is, you know, with music licensing and those kinds of things is an ongoing issue. And, uh, uh the usual stepping on toes, you know, someone picks a, t- a title for their show without checking and finding out that there's at least one other out there in the marketplace. And, uh, and then somebody wants to make them stop and change their titles and things like that. And, you know, it's, that's the, the name of my game mostly. <laughs> uh, I may have to talk to you about some legal work at some point. Uh, are there, uh, uh, you've, you've detailed some of the legal risks that are kind of ongoing, are those the key legal risk podcasters need to think about, or are there some others that come to mind from you? You know, Tom, the risks for uh, when podcasting are are the same risks that really any media maker, media distributor has to contend with. And uh, the unique ones are, you know, like we were talking about, the, the plagiarism and copyright infringement things. 
Um, copyright infringement sometimes sneaks up on people because they may not realize that what they're using is copyrighted material. You don't have to be copying a song or, you know, in, incorporating a song into your show if you're quoting lyrics or if you're, um, you know, reciting a poem, uh, those kinds of things. That can be a kind of copyright infringement as well. Um, and uh, uh, the takedown issues, you know, where a guest comes on and agrees to do a recording and then later says, eh, I don't want it. I don't want, I want you to take it down. It's, it's hurting my business, my career, my job opportunities, or just my reputation or something. You know, we, I, I always advocate using a release when guests come on uh, a show to get them to sign off on the consent to record and distribute those kinds of things. And then there are the usual uh, topics that address, uh, uh, you know, sort of more orient, business-oriented stuff, you know. Who owns the show? If you've got partners, if you've got a, a team, you want to make sure that everybody is on the same page contractually uh, to make sure that the the intended owner of the show is, in fact, the owner uh, legally. Copyright law, um, you know, provides for joint authorship. When people get together with the intent to make a single unified thing, they own it jointly unless there's something... Uh, uh, to the contrary, evidence to the contrary. So we're looking for those kinds of documentation. Um, entity formations and structures. You know, we've got liability issues around privacy and defamation and and infringements and those kinds of things. And and I'm always advising podcasters about, you know, if if the podcast is a standalone business, use an entity to separate it from your other stuff. And if it's not a standalone business, um, it, but it's a a component of your marketing strategy for, as we both do for our law firms and things like that. Maybe we want to think about how we're going to manage that risk. And it may be an entity, it may be insurance, it may be self-insurance, you know, <laughs> there's all kinds of, but it's something we need to be thinking about. Um, if you use a team to, uh, to create your show, you've got the usual suspects in, in the labor and employment arena. Are you properly classifying people? Could you could you get dinged for calling people independent contractors when they look to the tax authorities like an employee? Here in California, we have a law AB five is what it's called, and and it's it's thrown everything into turmoil about this question of how do we classify people and is there such a thing as an independent contractor anymore? In most industries, has become the big question. Uh, and then, of course, protecting our own property, intellectual property, and things like that is is a, a an ongoing process. Let me turn now to the podcast market, because I think uh, that is something we've seen some some pretty big and dramatic changes over the past year. And really from where you sit in the media capital of the world, uh, where do you see the podcast or how have you seen the podcast market develop over the past uh, 12 months or so? I'd say it's it's def, very definitely in a growth phase. You know, I'd, I'd say since the beginning of pandemic, so the last eighteen months or so, a lot of people have entered the space creating podcasts. The 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 barriers to entry are fairly small and low, and so it's been very easy for people to come into the space. And the ones who continue and and last past seven, ten, fifteen episodes are are able to attract an audience and and uh, and see some success, and more importantly, have an impact on the people they do touch. Um, so that, that's encouraging. We've crossed over the 2 million podcasts in the world mark. Um, uh, sometime earlier this year, we saw that number. Now that includes all the ones that have faded out after a few episodes, but, uh, it's still an awful lot of podcasts out there and, uh, um, you know, fulfilling all various kinds of niches and things like that. So that's really cool. The advertising end of things, uh, seems to be on the growth, uh, on, on an upswing. 
um, uh, we're seeing the the advertising rates are ticking up a little bit. You know, it's a it's usually a CPM uh, cost per mill per thousand downloads kind of a basis. And uh, from what I'm seeing, the average dollar amount per mill is is in, you know gone up a few cents uh, over the last few years, and it'll continue to increase. It's around. I think averaging around twenty three and a half dollars or so per thousand downloads per per spot, and so that's that's encouraging. If you've got the listener base to support it, you can actually make some real money from uh, from podcasting. And more and more brands are entering the podcasting advertising space. So uh, where it used to just be, you know, uh, Audible and Casper Mattress and uh, a few others. Uh, we're starting to see a lot more companies getting in and, and investing their resources in podcasts because they know people are are listening, and it's a different kind of attention that people pay to podcasts than they do to even just a radio listening when they're driving around in the car or, or those kinds of things. So, very encouraging. I think this is a, a business, an industry that's about to really take off. Um, in fact, I saw a piece yesterday talking about. YouTube is getting into the podcasting space. They're starting to develop tools that are more oriented at the primarily audio market. And um, you know, YouTube is a is a multi billion dollar enterprise already, and they wouldn't be throwing resources into something that they don't see a future for. So, Spotify's been investing lots of money in podcasts. They're, you know, <laughs> I'm bullish things that I've uh, been uh, alerted to over the past couple of weeks is that uh, some podcasters and uh, prominent people in the podcast space have moved to uh, a cryptocurrency, uh, taking payment in some form of crypto, whether it be Bitcoin or some other form. And uh, so I've looked at that and obviously that puts you in a different sort of realm with crypto, both in terms of payment what concerns me is when they talk about, well, this could turn into an investment for you and appreciate. Well, unfortunately, in my other life, I follow the Securities and Exchange Commission, and I know what happens when you say, here, buy my stuff. It's a great investment. Uh, it puts you in a whole different category of of, war, of regulations. I wonder, are you starting to see any of that in your practice? You know, I, I've had a few people offer to pay me in cryptocurrency, and I haven't yet pulled the trigger on that. I think I might. It, it seems like it might be kind of a fun way to to dabble, <laughs> at least at the beginning. Um, I hadn't thought about the fact that you know, if you if you trade services or goods in exchange for crypto, with the idea that it's a, a an appreciating investment asset, is that a securities transaction? Are you relying on? I wonder if it passes the Howey test. Actually, you know, does it? Are you relying on the efforts of others for income, or is it really just a? It's not an organic growth, but you know what I'm saying. So that's a good question. So I think if you say that an investment appreciate, that puts you in Howey. Certainly, if that's the reason you're bought, you're accepting the the form of payment. I mean, I, yeah, I guess if if I was paid in stock certificates, it would be the same thing, wouldn't it? Uh, where I've seen it used is uh, sort of prepaying for services. <clears throat> you pay in the crypto, um, and then uh, or you pay some dollars and you get a crypto coin back. And at that point, uh, the company says, "Well, your crypto will appreciate." Uh, and that just strikes me as is something different. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's interesting. Uh, certainly, you know, in the 
in well, there's crypto trading. I, yeah, I think it is a uh, a challenging moment. I, I'm not all that well tuned into the crypto world. I probably ought to be. What I am seeing is crypto currency and crypto uh, tokens being used in the NFT space, the, the non fungible tokens, and that's also an appreciating asset kind of a thing where you know you you create this. Uh, I, call it an artwork for lack of a better term and it's funny i was thinking just as a on a lark maybe i would re-release episode one of my podcast from 12 years ago as an nft and just see what happens see if anybody's interested um i suspect i'd be the only investor (laughs) we're gonna have a quick message from our sponsor and then we'll be right back with more from the fcpa compliance report Well, uh, you say that, but actually someone contacted me yesterday and said, why don't you consider uh, creating NFTs for your entire back catalog? Because my back catalog is uh, 3,000 now. Uh, I had only thought of of NFTs in terms of something like cover art or uh, static piece of artwork, whether it be a painting, a picture. Uh, But obviously the National Basketball Association has created NFTs around highlights and there are other forms of NFTs, but uh, perhaps you could... Do the same format with your actual audio recording. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the big issue that we're watching, uh, covered this on my podcast this last week, uh, uh, in the NFT space is um, questions about, you know, when it's a uh, the National Basketball Association or a major film studio or something like that. There's a current dispute going on between Quentin Tarantino and Miramax Films uh, over Tarantino's intention to create some NFTs from the original script pages from Pulp Fiction. And he's planning to create an NFT that would consist of a scene from the movie and his own little commentary and, you know, maybe something as some artwork or drawings or something. And Miramax says, hey, you know, you made that stuff as a work for hire for us. It's ours. It's not yours. You don't get to do that. But, you know, contracts... However, what is that? Twenty years ago or more, didn't really address these kinds of. We always had the, you know, now all media now known and hereafter devised, but uh, it's something we're watching, and we'll see how that dispute plays out, and there will be more like it. Have you seen the NFTs uh, in the podcast world in a way other than? as we've talked about with actually creating an NFT for an individual podcast? I haven't yet. Uh, it, it just hasn't crossed my desk. And, and I, you know, I watch the news and social channels and things like that, and I'm, I'm just not hearing much about it. There are plenty of podcasts starting up to talk about, about the NFT uh, industry, but uh, I'm not seeing a lot of discussion about podcasts as NFT or, or using NFT as a, as a podcast monetization tool, although I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So give it the next year. One of the things that I greatly enjoy about the podcast uh, space as, as opposed to perhaps the legal space is it how dynamic it is. And just in, you know, discussing this with you in this podcast, I, I can see how quickly we've moved in a variety of different areas that seem to be incredibly dynamic, incredibly exciting, and, and frankly, a lot of fun. It's one of the nice things about it being a young industry. It is a disruptive industry in the sense that, uh, you know, traditional radio has had to change dramatically because podcasts are out there and, and, you know, they, they occupy a different sort of listening space nowadays. And then you've got 
entities like Spotify that are sort of bridging the gap between music and, and podcasts. Um, and there's still a lot of room for more disruption, more development. And, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. And, uh, the people are, are the greatest asset of the podcasting community. We, we've got a greater diversity of voices and points of view and, uh, and it's a, a cooperative feeling group. You know, uh, I have yet to encounter, uh, podcasters that are sort of feeling like it's competitive nobody's competing against each other they're all you know playing the it's like golf you know you're looking to beat your own best score <laughs> so uh i think that's what one of the nice things and fun things about it is there's room for everybody and if you've got something to say if you've got a message to get out you want to have an impact podcasting is a great tool Let's turn to uh, Firebark Law, uh, because uh, one of the things that uh, you provide a variety of services, obviously for higher legal services on an hourly basis, but you also put together packages for podcasters, packages of legal forms that they can purchase, and you do uh, really other types of, I'm not sure I'd call it consulting, uh, but other types of events through through your legal platform and your podcast world. And I was wondering if you maybe could walk us through each one of those, really starting with the, the uh, package service offerings uh, Firemark Law has. Well, yeah, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll even start at the at the bottom of my sort of, I call it an ascension pyramid of my my offerings and things, you know, and that's the, the, the free stuff that I do. I, I try to give away a lot of information. I'm, I'm a born teacher. I'm here to help. I want to help creative people, podcasters, digital media creators. I, I've, I've been doing entertainment law for my whole career of 30 years. Uh, so filmmakers and theater makers and the, all those kinds of folks, that's who I'm here to serve. And one of the ways I try to serve is by sharing information, education. And so I'm doing a lot. I go live on Facebook quite a lot and I'm, I'm, I'm going to up my game on, on LinkedIn in the next few months. Um, so, uh, you know, if you, if you follow me on social, you'll see more and more of me and, uh, and I try to provide useful tips and information that folks can can use to stay out of trouble and improve their their prospects and a lot in life, their abundance and those kinds of things. Uh, then uh, next after the free, I do offer some forms and templates for podcasters and digital entrepreneurs and online course creators and coaches. If you need a legal document, uh, you know, the, the basic kind, uh, I, we can help there uh, at uh, easy legal forms, or I'm sorry, easylegaltemplates.com and, uh, uh, and, and podcast law forms as well. Um, then sort of moving up the ladder, I have some online courses, uh, one for digital entrepreneurs called Easy Legal for Digital Entrepreneurs, and the other is Easy Legal for Podcasters. It's a specific course for podcasters where I, I sort of address all of those things in the framework that I mentioned earlier, you know, the the uh, entity structure, the intellectual property structure, the team, and as well as the monetization and, and how we're going to uh, turn it into money, <laughs> I guess you could say. And uh, we cover all the sort of legal basics of that to teach the how-to for the do-it-yourselfers. Because there's plenty of folks out there who need this want to do it, but aren't in a position or just choose not to hire done-for-you services with lawyers. And that's the top of the pyramid right there is the done-for-you approach. Uh, you know, call me up and I'll do it for you and I'll charge you a fee. So the um, uh, really the, the dynamicism of, uh, oh, you, you forgot to add, you also publish. Uh, you have eBooks available. 
uh, that help us walk through each of those. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the, the main ebook is the digital entrepreneur. I'm sorry, not the digital entrepreneurs. <laughs> the podcast blog and new media producers legal survival guide is the, is the ebook. It's been out for a while. It's sort of due for an update and the law hasn't changed dramatically, but, um, you know, it just needs a refresh. Uh, but it, it's available at podcastlawbook.com and it's a, you know, a, a quick, easy, um, I guess you could call it a sort of desk reference cheat sheet for folks who are getting into the media production space. And, uh, you know, so you can know the rules about defamation and privacy and contracts and copyrights and those kinds of things. So that's the, the uh, podcast law book. One of the things, uh, in fact, the way I met you was through a podcast conference uh, back in 2015, uh, podcast movement. But you speak at other podcast conferences, PodFest uh, Global and other PodFest events. I was wondering uh, if you have any uh, speaking engagements. Hopefully we'll be back live in 2022, maybe coming up in the, the spring of 2022. You could tell us about. Well, in coming up in March is the uh, podcast movement evolutions here in Los Angeles. And I have submitted to speak. I don't know whether they will select my, my proposed panels, uh, but that I'm looking forward to that. And then in the later part of the spring and into the summer, uh, PodFest Expo, which usually happens in Orlando, and, um, and then the, the bigger podcast movement conference is in, I think, July in um, Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Okay. So I, I knew it was somewhere in, in Texas. I wasn't sure. And, um, I, I haven't, they haven't announced who the speakers are yet, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm looking forward to it. I love to get up on that stage and, and share knowledge and answer questions. And, uh, you know, even if I'm not selected, I'll probably be there doing some impromptu Q and a for here and there anyway, but, uh, uh, trying to come up with some, some interesting new, you know, variations on the topics to, to keep it interesting fresh. Uh, well, frankly, I've learned so much in this podcast. I think there's uh, several different things that you could uh, talk about. So I will be at those events as well. So hopefully awesome. I will be able to uh, catch up with you. I hope so too. That's right. Well, Gordon, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode. But uh, once again, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to come on the pod. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate it. It's been nice to be with you. This is Tom Fox again. I would urge you to check out Karen Woody's new podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network, where with students from her insider trading class, she explores the history of insider trading. It's a unique format for a podcast with Karen interviewing her students, but her students are great, very knowledgeable, and I know you will enjoy it. Once again, it's Classroom Insider, and it appears on the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and I hope you will join us again next week for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, which is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.